Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Guy. Um, you're watching this uh, more than likely is because we are having a crazy snowstorm and uh, we had to cancel church uh, this weekend. So one of the things that I would like to try to do, uh, we've never done this before, but uh, I thought I would just go ahead and video this weekend's message and send it off to you guys. And hopefully, uh, if it's Sunday morning and you're sitting at home, you can enjoy uh, some time together as a family and um, continue in the message series uh, with me today. So um, I hope you're safe. I hope uh, that the snow isn't burying you like crazy. I hope you can find your way out and just maybe snuggle up on the couch and have some hot chocolate as a family. That's probably what I'm doing right now um, with, with my wife and kids. So I hope you get to do something like that today once you get everything dug out and that everyone is safe and sound at home. So uh, today I just wanna share with you uh, Chosen Week 3. Uh, so if you'll just bow your heads with me in a word of prayer, we'll go ahead and um, dive into the Word of God today. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your never-ending, uh, faithful, enduring love for us and God we know that uh, in times like this when storms come and snow holds us back um, that uh, ultimately uh, it's, it's just what we need and ultimately uh, it's nature taking its course and uh, we just want to be safe and we want to uh, take care of each other and our family so I do pray Lord that uh, for anyone uh, connected to our church and really anyone in our community, that you will keep them safe this weekend and we'll be able to not be stressed out uh, and hurt by the storm, but instead uh, get to enjoy uh, some of the benefits <laughs> that come from the storm. So, um, Lord, as we open up your word today and talk a little bit about completion in Christ, I pray that you will guide my words in my heart. Uh, and we thank you for cool mediums and technology like uh, videos and internet so that we can do something like this that no one else in the history of in the history of mankind has had this this blessing so uh, we love you jesus we praise you in your holy name amen amen so um so thanks for watching this uh this is an experiment we're just kind of seeing what this could be and uh, I, it's new for me, it's new for you probably. You watch, maybe you watch a lot of TV sermons and watch a lot of uh, internet sermons and all that stuff is, uh, is great, it's important, it's, it's healthy most of the time. And um, so this is just kind of me helping do our part here. So this is new, it's not, you know, this is just me with a camera in the sanctuary, right? So it's all brand new, don't, uh, nothing's like top of the line. We're just, we're just sharing some time together here. So I hope you're, hope you're enjoy. Uh, this today and I do uh, if you want to take a quick time out and go get a hot chocolate or something for the family whoo I'm in for that so um, so let me start with I just have a quick question for you uh, have you ever had like a perfect moment in your life have you ever witnessed this perfect moment or experienced this this perfect moment, a time that was so complete and so beautiful that you can hardly find anything like it. Like everything just kind of falls into its place and you're like, man, this is awesome. I can't believe I did this. Or, you know, like maybe, you know, if you're, you, maybe in the Little League, you, you played baseball and you, you pitched a perfect game or, or maybe you're a bowler. I've got some friends that, that love to go bowling and are really actually good at, I mean, I like to go bowling. I don't do it very often, but I like to go bowling. And, uh, 
and every once in a while I might get lucky and, and get you know a couple strikes in a row or three strikes in a row, which they call a turkey. Uh, I might get to enjoy that, but um, I actually have some friends who have legitimately uh, done the 300 perfect bowling game, and and that's just incredible. It's a skill that uh, that I would I would love to to be able to go and do that. Um, but this idea of perfection, this idea of of completeness and everything falling into place, I think that we love to chase that, don't we? We love to chase this idea of, well, everything's going to be perfect, everything is going to be just just right every time. Now, I've, I've talked to a lot of brides that are getting ready for their weddings day and they, their wedding days, and they're just like, you know, this is going to be perfect. This is my day. I know what I want. I know how this is going to look like. So they just want it to be perfect. And then, and then I talked to, to, you know, teenagers or some, you know, this wasn't me, but you know, like my wife would have been like this, like striving for the perfect 4.0, like get everything right in school. And sometimes we have these ideal images of, or these ideas of what a celebrity's life looks like. Now, I don't think this is real common where we live, but a lot of times people put these celebrities that have all this money and all this fame, we, we kind of put them on, uh, on this pedestal and we think, man, your life looks so perfect. I just wish I could have that. And we could go on and on and on. We could talk about this stuff, all these different examples. But I think that we... I think that we kind of sometimes we take this great joy in running towards or experiencing perfection and completeness. Like I gotta get that. I gotta get that. I gotta get that. Like like I, I, if I don't do the best, I don't do it just right. Then it's not enough. We live like that sometimes. But the truth is, the truth is that I think that all of us really actually know in our guts that there's no such thing as perfect, don't we? We all know that at the end of the day, nothing's really quite perfect, that, that it's virtually unattainable to, to get to that point. And, and, and even, but we strive for it, but we know in our gut, like, I can't really do it perfect because I really always could do it a little bit better or somebody else could do it a little bit better. Now this rings true for us spiritually. In our spiritual life, this is constant. And in the Bible, uh, when I think about myself as pertains to the Bible, and you may be the same way, I, I see that, that God has shown me pretty clearly how I should live. Like I read the scriptures like God is kind of clear in what it looks like for me to be obedient to the things that he teaches me to do. I know how I should live. I know what a right and perfect uh, and obedient relationship looks like for him. But I also know that I'm constantly failing, that I'm constantly falling short, that I'm just not quite there. And I question that in my head. It's like, man, why can't I really get my spiritual life in order? Why can't I get it perfect? Why do I keep struggling? Why do I keep sinning? Why am I not being a better Christian? Why, uh, why am I not completely sold out for Jesus? Why am I holding myself back? I want to so bad, but yet I'm holding myself back. It's like, it's like I live in this constant 
tension of I want to be perfect, I want to be complete for God, but I know in my gut that I'm not there and I'm never quite going to get there. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever really felt like that? So we've been working through this, uh, this series called Chosen. And over the last couple weeks, we talked about being chosen by God. That he chooses us. He picks us. He doesn't get stuck with us. And last week, we talked about being changed by God. If you weren't here for those messages, you can always go back and you can uh, look those up there uh, should be on the website. If not now, then soon. Um, but today I want to talk to you about how we've been made complete in God. And we've been made complete. So we've been studying, spending a lot of time in the book of First Peter. So if you have a Bible with you, uh, you can turn in your Bibles uh, to First Peter chapter 2, verse 22. And here's what First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says. This is New Living Translation. It says, he personally carried our sins in his body to the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. And that's some good news. So as we dive into this passage, here's the first thing that I want you to see. Here's the first big point that I, I, I need you to see in this as we talk about completeness. And that is Jesus carried away our sin. He carried away our sin. So uh, as we sit here today, um, there's a humongous snowstorm. There's snow. You look out your window, there's just snow everywhere. And, 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 and I don't know what you got at your house, but some of the reports are, you know, somewhere like we're, we're, it could be 10, it could be 15, it could be maybe as high as two feet. We could have two feet of snow. That's big, big. So the, 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 first, uh, the first winter that my wife and I lived in our house, um, now our, our house, we live down in the Valier, down in Valier, and we have a, a long uh, asphalt driveway that goes off to two different garages. And um, whenever it snows, that's quite a bit of snow. Up until uh, we moved into that house, I, I did all of, all of our driveway cleaning by hand. It was never really a big issue. Um, but we had this long asphalt driveway, and the first winter that we lived there, um, I got the snowblower. It was a, actually a gift from my, my wife's grandfather. Um, and so I got this snowblower, and I was planning to use it, and I hadn't used it some. But this one particular time, we were out... Uh, we were out away and we came home and there was snow everywhere and we went inside and I had every intention to you know get the kids around get the kids in or get Elam in bed and then go out and do some plowing but while I'm in there I see some lights pull into our driveway and start working so I was like what's going on what's going on so little to my you know unexpected uh, I, I find out that my neighbor had just got one of those compact Kubota tractors with the bucket and the and the tobacco on the back and he was you know the the orange ones okay it's the orange tractors you see everywhere Kubota um, and he was having a whole lot of fun going around cleaning out everyone's driveway just enjoying his new toy so 
he decided to stop in and clean mine out even though he knew that I had a snowblower, he knew that I was fully capable, but, but yet I had all this snow there and he was just having a good time. So I just, I just made sure, hey man, thank you for doing that. But now, it was my driveway. It was my snow. It was my problem. It was my responsibility. It was my burden to bear. But out of the goodness of his heart and the fun that he was having with, this, with, with his tractor, uh, he came in and he removed the snow for me. Pretty sweet deal, right? Like, I, had to, I, don't, you know, I don't really love cleaning my driveway. I don't really get excited about that, you know? But it was my burden to bear. But now get this. He chose to do that for me out of the goodness of his heart and because he was having a good time, right? So scratch the good time part and just think about the goodness of his own heart. He chose to do that and transfer that over to if you are in Jesus, if you are born again, if you have confessed your sin to Jesus, he has removed the snow from your driveway. He has stepped in and he has removed the sin from your life. He has carried it away. He has taken his body to the cross and he has taken your sin. And now you are clean. You are perfect. You are spotless. You are complete. You are perfect. Not because you did anything, but because Jesus comes in and he removes your imperfections. He takes away the sin in your life and sets you on solid ground. And now God sees you. Uh, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus' righteousness and Jesus' holiness. So you and I, we long for perfection. We long for completeness. We want to be made complete. We long to live our lives for Jesus. But the problem is we try to do it ourselves. We try to just do it ourselves. Like, I got this. Like, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. And I was just like, well, well, I got all of this mess, so I'm going to clean it up. Like, I got all this snow. I got two feet of snow in my driveway. Two feet of snow in my driveway. I'm going to get out there, and I'm going to clean it up myself. But the snow is too heavy. It's too deep. It's too permanent. You can't do it on your, you can't do it on your own. You're never going to be good enough to do it by yourself. You need Jesus to love you enough to step in and lift the heavy load, to take away that burden, to take away all of that pressure and all of that sin, to set you free and to clean out your driveway, to clean out your soul. So think about this. We get so caught up in stuff all the time, don't we? Like, it's like, it's like man, I can't, I'm not good enough. I, 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 you know, every time I turn around, I clean my driveway up. And as soon as I walk outside, it's like, it's like I'm trying to clean my driveway in the middle of the snowstorm. No matter how many times I do this, it's just not working. Because I walk right back outside and now there's a new powdered layer on my driveway. It's like the other day, whenever it snowed, Elam and I pulled out of the driveway. And he said, where'd the driveway go? It's like, what? You know, it just, we lose it so quick. But get this, guys. Get this. This is good news of what Jesus Christ has done for us in making us complete. He carried away our sins. He took our sins to the cross. So that if you lied to someone this week, know that Jesus has carried that sin away. If you... 
if you went out and you, you got, say you got really depressed and, or, or you had some friends that invited you out to go and, and do some drinking and you, and, and you got carried away and you got drunk this past week and you slipped back into that old dead self that you're trying to leave at the altar, that you're trying to leave at the foot of Christ, you slipped back into that because that old self is always rearing its ugly head and you're like, well, that's who I was. It's not who I want to be. But yet... You fell back into it. Listen, you might have done something stupid, but you got to know that Jesus carried that sin away. And he just wants you to come and repent of that. Did you do something sexually immoral? And you need to know that Jesus has come and he carries that sin away. Are you struggling with greed or pride or lust or fear? Know that Jesus is carrying, has carried that sin away for you. And he came and he died on the cross for you. That's so important. That's good news. See, you and I are perfect. Because Jesus is perfect. You and I are perfect because Jesus lived a sinless life and took our sins to the cross. And now God, again, sees Jesus' perfection when he sees us. And this is why we worship. Now, I know there wasn't any worship attached to this video today. You'll have to take that up with Abby. I didn't ask her, so don't, don't get upset at her. But you and I worship because Jesus took our sins to the cross and set us free. We sing because he saved us. This is why we pray, because all of our wrongs have been removed from us, and we are complete in Jesus. But let me give you two quick words of caution with this. Number one, because our sin is removed from us, that doesn't mean that we should keep on sinning. That doesn't mean, well, all right, well, I love Jesus and Jesus forgives me, so I'm just going to go, you know, back, back to the drunkenness or back to the sexual morality. Or just, I can be as greedy as I want to and it doesn't matter because grace is greater and grace will cover this. That's not, it's not a ticket to sin. It's an invitation to freedom. Okay? It's an invitation to freedom. Number two, because our sin is removed from us, it doesn't mean there aren't consequences for our sin. Because there's still real world consequences for the mistakes that we make. So the first point is we are complete and we are perfect because Jesus has removed our sin. And the second thing that I want you to see in this today is the reason why we are complete is because his wounds healed us. His wounds healed us. Amen to that. So his wounds healed us. That's my Christianity, Christianese coming out here. So his wounds healed us. So we often, we hear the word healing and we usually think physical, right? Like I think physical, but, but this is much deeper than physical healing. It actually means if you dig into the word healing in this text and you go back to the original language, it actually means and can be translated more to mean to be made whole or to be made complete. So when the Bible tells us that by his wounds we are healed, what it really is saying is his wounds have made us whole. His wounds have made us Complete. Wow. So not only has Jesus taken away our sins 
and carried them to the cross, but he has healed our brokenness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Now, now my wife is in charge of grammar in my household. Anytime I ever write anything, I pass it by her to make sure that I know what I'm doing. Like I like words, but she, she's good at the whole like editing English thing. Uh, so I always check things on her. But, but when I look at this, now amateur, coming at this as an amateur, what I see is past tense. This is past tense. It says, his wounds have healed us. In this letter that Peter is writing to Christians, he's letting these Christians know, you already are a believer, you've already bowed your knee to Jesus, and now you need to know that he's not merely healing you, but he has healed you. That if you are in Christ, you are healed. Not being healed, it is done. We're not patients waiting in the hospital for an IV or medicine or a doctor to come in and heal us. If we're in Christ, if we have accepted him into our lives, we are healed. It is final. It is finished. It is done. Now, I understand that most of us here today, or most of us watching today, wherever you may be, you don't feel spiritually healed all the time. You don't always feel like you're there. Like I know I don't always feel like I'm spiritually healed. We don't feel complete. And that's because we still feel the effects of this broken world. So we still struggle with sin. But hear this. If you're in Christ, sin cannot kill you anymore. You experience the effects of sin, amen, right? We do, but sin cannot kill you anymore because Christ, because before Christ, sin had power over you. It could kill you physically. It could kill you spiritually. But now you have been healed. You've been made complete. You still might feel the effects of sin, but they can't kill you. It can't take your life away from you because by his wounds, he has healed you. Now think about saying, why don't we always think about that? Wounds are what hurt us. We think about that upside down. Like we think wounds hurt us. We think that wounds are what are always going to take us out. But here we're seeing that wounds have healed us. So one simple example, if you have a, a heart attack and you go to the doctor, the doctor may need to cut you and, and, and make a wound in the middle of your chest for open heart surgery for the purpose of saving your life. He makes a wound on your chest to save you, to heal you. It's an understanding of being wounded in order to be healed. And in the case of Jesus, his wounds were as necessary as open heart surgery. They absolutely were. Jesus had to be wounded so that we could be healed. But don't you think there could be another way? Like, what was the other way? Where's the piece that could have got a little bit different than this? See, if you go a little deeper in this, I know this is where things get a little bit uncomfortable for us sometimes, but our sin was so horrible that it had to be punished. Our sin was so horrible 
that it had to be punished and it demanded a wound so that we could be healed. Now, a lot of times in our society, we don't take sin very seriously anymore. We become numb to it. It's, it's kind of scary to be honest. But the truth is that God does take our sin seriously. That it's a big deal to him because God is perfect and God is holy and God is set apart and our sin against him is horrible and our sin is punishable and it deserves to be punished. But God sent, God punished his son and God knew that we could never bear the weight of that punishment. So instead he sent his son to earth to carry that burden for us. So hear this. If you're writing things down, hear this. Jesus absorbed every punishment for every sin that every person has ever committed. Now that, that's truth. Now let me say it again. Jesus absorbed every punishment for every sin that every person has ever committed. Now this might sound terrible, but while it was terrible what happened to Jesus, it is so good for us. It is such Good news for us because by his wounds we are healed. Jesus absorbed all of the punishment for our sins. So that means that if you are in Christ, you are no longer punished for your sins. Everything that you've ever done, all of the lying, all of the cheating, all of the stealing, all of the cursing, all of this, this, that, and the ugly thing. This, that, and the ugly thing. All of those things. Everything that you've ever done, gone, forgiven, punished, was taken by Christ, so now you are made complete. It is finished, it is done, because by his wounds you are healed and therefore made complete and made perfect. So, Jesus carried away our sins. His wounds have healed us. So how do we, how do we live this out in our daily life? If I'm made complete, if I'm striving for perfection, if I want to be perfect, if I know that I am because of what Jesus has done for me, and I hope that he has for you, and if not, there's still time today. How do I live this out in my daily life? Now hear this. Instead of focusing on what you are doing, focus on what Jesus has done. Instead of focusing on what you are doing, Focus on what Jesus has already done. Focus your mind on the completion that Christ has achieved for you. For you. For you. Focus on the completion that Christ has achieved for you. It's so awesome. In Jesus, we find our completeness. We find what we're looking for. We find what we're striving for. Because in Jesus, we find that our sins have been taken away. We find that in Jesus, our brokenness is healed. We're never going to find that in some self-help magazine, some self-help book. We're never going to find that in ourselves. We don't need self-help. We just need more of Jesus. So instead of focusing on what you're doing, what you're striving for, what you wish you were, what you want to be, instead of striving for perfection, Instead of stressing and constantly in this state of anxiety, like, I messed up again, I messed up again, I messed up again. Instead, I'm telling you, just like last week, if you were here when we talked a lot about the importance of, of spending time with Jesus so that we would not only desire to be more like him, but understand what he is like so we can be like him. We need to focus on what we are 
what Jesus has done for us, not on what we're trying to do. So it's just like kind of, kind of bring that joy, bring that perspective, bring that understanding of, hey, hey, I'm perfect. It's complete. It's finished. It doesn't matter anymore. So when you struggle in life, you got to know, let's look to Jesus. When you're having those down days, you got to say, well, you know what? Let's look to Jesus. When you fail the test, you say, oh, I'm going to look to Jesus. When your boss looks down on you, when your boss gives you a, a, a pay cut or a demotion or fires you or just, just demoralizes you, you say, all right, I'm going to grit my teeth and grit my teeth and bear it. No, you say, I'm going to look to Jesus because he is my source. He is my power. He is my completeness. He is my purpose. He is my identity. And I'm sick and I am tired of letting this person or this situation control me because I know who I am now, right? I am complete in Christ. You are complete in Christ. And, and if you're not today, you can be. You can be. So you struggle with sin. You struggle with materialism. Look to Jesus. You struggle with lust. Look to Jesus. You struggle with lying. Look to Jesus. You struggle with anger. Look to Jesus. You struggle with pride. Look to Jesus. You struggle with, with, with trying to live up to some impossible standard. Look to Jesus. You are complete. He's got this. So when you're struggling with sin, look to the cross where Jesus took your sin away. He came to die in your place. Look to the cross where his pain brought us healing. Now that, my friends, is worth praising God for. That, my friends, is worth raising your hand and bowing your knee to the name of Jesus. Look to the cross the only place in the entire world where a sinless, perfect man made sinful, broken men and women complete and perfect and forgiven and loved. So instead of focusing on what you're doing and where you're failing or what you're striving to, focus on what Jesus has already done. And if you haven't experienced repentance, what Jesus has already done for you. You need to know that God loves you so much, even though you live in this mess, even though you sin and you run and you ignore and you hate sometimes God, he loved you enough that even though he knows that you're like that, he sent Jesus to the cross, not to condemn you, but to die a sinner's death and save you. And all you need to do is repent of your sins and turn to Jesus. Confess your sins and lay it down and make him the Lord of your life. Just lay it before him today. On this beautiful, snowy winter day, just lay it down. Lay your sin at the feet of Jesus and say, come into my heart and make me whole and make me new. So won't you pray with me in closing? Father God, I do pray that as we look at our lives and as we look at our struggles and our sins and, and even our goals and the things we're striving for, Lord, may we always know that even though we so many times we're just not quite there, we're just not quite perfect enough, I'm just not quite complete enough, may we always know that what we need to do is come back to center, come back to the focal point that really matters, and that is what Jesus has done for us. So I thank you, Lord, for 
the message and for the truth. And I thank you, Lord, and I do ask again that you will keep us all safe through this storm and you will provide for us and care for us and bring us back together next week as a church family. We love you, Jesus. We praise you in your holy name. Amen. So I want to thank you for tuning into this. I, I, I do hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, I, and I hope that uh, this little different kind of odd way of bringing things together, us as a community, can be an experiment that we tried. And maybe in the future, uh, we can use this in some different ways. Um, so I hope this was helpful to you. And I'm sorry that we weren't able to make it. Um, clearly, nobody, nobody's here. Nobody's here. Just, just, just us, just you and me doing our thing. So, but enough of that. Um, I want to thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And I will hopefully see you uh, next week at church. So have a great day.